Hello, and thank you for joining This is Just a Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Just a few reminders before we get started with this episode. I want to remind everybody to head over to the Facebook group at This is Just a Phase for updates on new episodes, uh, music videos, tour dates coming up, and whatever else I feel like posting. You also have the option to go over to Instagram and follow my personal account at jonathan.kent.311 for a lot of the same updates. Um, Also, tell your friends about This Is Just A Phase and how they can check out a really cool podcast with really cool guests that are all affiliated with the punk scene. Do yourself a favor and support underground music, punk rock, the bands that play, the artists that contribute, the other podcasts that have really cool content, and all of that. It really helps us all out a lot and really helps us spread the word. Also, do yourself a favor and check out this is just a record label.bandcamp.com and check out new releases from pop punk band Gatlin and post hardcore band letters, as well as the 28 song compilation called This Is Just a Compilation. Go out and support underground music at its foundation. That being said, Jay, take us away. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With the future to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same old On this episode, I sit down and have a fantastic conversation with Gary Begner, guitarist and vocalist of the London, Ontario punk band, Elephant. We have an honest and fun conversation about the formation of the band and the making of their debut EP, Crumble, out now on Faster and Louder Records. We also chat about trying to break through in the States, the Canadian music industry in general, Funny stories from his time spent playing in power pop band Lame and in metal bands early in his youth, and so much more. So sit back and get ready for a fun time with this episode of This Is Just A Phase. This first song is from their debut EP, Crumble. This track is called Moral Dilemma.
Hello. Hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, good. How how was it to sign in? Pretty easy. Oh yeah, straightforward. straightforward. Okay, cool. Okay, I just want to make sure because sometimes I get an issue uh, with people having trouble connecting to the mic. Oh, okay, yeah. Like no, either, the, they, I, they don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's all good. I was just, I was just gonna say, I just, it's on my phone, so it basically, as soon as you click it in, it just basically offers. It says, make sure you allow your mic. So you click on the mic, and then it just said, which mic are you using? iPhone. iPhone. Off we go. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay, great. I'm glad you were able to sign in so easily. That makes it a lot easier for me. Yeah, yeah. Instead of uh, having to do technical support for the half of the show. Oh yeah, exactly. Which which <laughs> which I've had happen, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can totally get it. I've I've been through that myself once. I got a, a podcast for a buddy of mine, and they didn't let me know ahead of time that they were uh, uh, doing like it was a on like on air like camera. Oh, so like, okay. So I I wasn't prepared for that. So I just thought we were just doing it as a conversation. So I I was sitting in my office. I had the tape over the camera like I always no lights are on i'm just kind of like chilling and all of a sudden it's like uh, i can't see you man it's like what it's like oh, oh. and then it's like oh crap man like give me five minutes so i can just kind of clean up behind me here because it's like a disaster so it's crazy. But yeah <laughs> i always let people know that i always let people know right off the jump it's just it's just a conversational thing no camera um yeah i do that because i i i, I like the i like it to be a conversation thing you yeah. know, like like two buddies just you know bullshitting like they would on a phone. You know what I mean? And that way, yeah. if you're under the weather or if you just feel like wearing pajamas, you have that option. Too, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I'd do that even if I was uh, on camera. Um, but yeah, I totally I totally get what you mean. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a bit more comfortable. Uh, and it's funny because normally if it's on camera, like if I'm doing something a podcast, that's where I have to be on. I I always do it in my office because my office is like I've I've got all this like insanity, like collectible stuff that I've always collected all my life. Right. So it's like half the time people aren't even looking at me. They're too busy kind of focusing on the back on like, is that an evil can evil stunt cycle? Is that, a, you know, so, so it's like, so I'm like, yeah, okay. So when you said, is even better? Just yeah, chilling. even better. Yeah. Like, I like, I, I do mine. I, I do the podcast through my phone. I have an iPhone as well. Right. Um, you know, and I mean, I could do a video thing, but, it's it's if it's not broke don't fix it you know what i mean it seems to just i don't know it seems yeah. to be just the easiest way to do it you know everybody feels comfortable doing it this way yeah and yeah no, you're right. I, I'm, I'm just fine with it and, and plus like i said you know um i i do it i do it from my phone i'm usually like in my living room just kind of kind of chilling you know my wife and my yeah. kids are gone you know i'm able to do it while while they're doing other things Right, so yeah. it just and makes it very easy to do it that way. Yeah, I, I do mine in the, like my wife's upstairs. I do mine in the basement, and it's kind of like my it's my you know it's, it's also where I work most of the time. But it's like it's just kind of my 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 place where I can just relax and just kind of chill, and I don't have to worry about anything. So <laughs> very good, man. Well, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate appreciate it. You're very welcome. Um, you guys came, you came across uh, to me um, from uh, Jordy, uh, Elijah, yep. and uh, through uh, Faster and Louder Records. And it, it's been really cool to get to talk to him because I'm getting exposed to um, bands that I don't think I would have, you know, 
would have gravitated towards because I had I didn't know that they existed. Right. And yeah. He's been really shining the light on the the London, uh, you know, Toronto scene for me, and uh, bringing a lot of bands uh, to 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 the forefront so I can check out. And, and your band was was one of them. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, Gary is the lead singer and guitar player for Halifant who has a new album out called crumble um i i love I, I love the cd i love i love crumble i just want to start off by saying that thank you um jordy jordy sent me some tracks a couple months ago and i play them all the time <laughs> <laughs> well that's i appreciate that very much it's a nice nice to hear you're so welcome it's one of those things, right? When you play, when you when you write music and stuff, you don't know what happens to it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you you record it, you send it out. Like you know, I was, it's funny because like normally, uh, uh, like Jordy will ask me, you know, like what are, what are the numbers at? You know, what, what are the stats? Well, I'll take a look, and it's like you know, I'm like looking at three different websites of where the music is, and it's like none of this lines up. So it's like, yeah. like, it's like it's like how did like you just don't know where it is right or where it's gone to and like you know jordy's been hustling pretty hard and he's been getting copies over you know in, throughout the states and into the uk and and over in europe and all that such and it's it's been nice so we so you know we're getting some good feedback on it and it's nice uh to, to hear because it's you know it's music's a, a labor of love right like we don't mm-hmm. expect you know you don't you don't get anything you know there's nothing monetary it's just money goes out all the time uh, and you just hope that maybe you connect with somebody or somebody kind of hears it and goes, yeah, damn it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Like, and that's kind of all we could hope for. So it's oh, been yeah. really good that way. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, I had an episode, uh, at the beginning of this year that I did, I did kind of like more like a radio format than my traditional conversational discussion, um, podcast. I wanted to play music from like the last year, people that I had on and some music that I came across throughout the year. And your band was one of them. Oh, and awesome. I, I played a track. I think it was Shingles I played. Right. And um, I had quite a few people come to me and be like, hey, blah, 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 that band, Elephant, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, dude, isn't that a rad track? And, like, people were really digging the song. And um people wanted to know more about you and i was like check out the band check out their label check out this you know what i mean get into that stuff because yeah. that's the whole point of me doing the podcast is exposing exposing people to to new bands and to new musicians that they may not um would know about yeah and 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 with the internet right there's it's a flood right because everybody you know everybody records at home um everybody mm-hmm. puts something out constantly and it's not like the old days where, you know, like for myself, like I used to go into the record store and I, you know, I go thumbing through like the, the LPs and the CDs and such. And I would buy something just based on the cover. Oh, or, yeah. You know, or I'd flip over the cover and I'd look at the, I'd see a picture of the band and I'd be like, geez, this looks, you know, this is, this is cool. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do it, you know, and I'd, and I'd, you know, I'd spend it that way. Now it's just like everybody, you know, is just like, you know, they can, they can sample everything and everybody gets like a, uh, what we used to call the uh, the ten second album release. Um, oh yeah, you know where you you hear ten seconds, and if you haven't been hooked, then you, you know you're on to the next thing, or and you know you're vying for that airtime. But at the same time, you've got you know the labels are still pumping out, you know our our stations are still playing like Blink One Eighty Two and mm-hmm. and 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 stuff that people also just love hearing. So it's like you you pretty much get t- you know passed over. So when you know 
as I said earlier, like, you know, when you get to hear that, you know, somebody's, you know, when somebody says like, yeah, I heard it, I really like it. You know, it's, it's huge for us because it's like, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're like, you know, we're, we're guppies in a huge ocean. Right. It's like, so we're, yep. uh, any, any positives is a positive for the guys and I, so it's, it's awesome to hear that people like it. That's uh, yeah. I, I come from a, a, a background. I live in uh, Western Pennsylvania here in the States. Yeah. And, um, about six months ago, I started a label myself and, okay. um, the whole focus of me doing it is, is, um, I don't know if you feel the same way in, in Canada or how, how it is for you guys up there, but I seen a lot of bands come and go who just didn't get a lot of attention, who mm-hmm. would really, you know, self-release their own seven inch, play a couple shows and then they were done. And, you know, bands would struggle and struggle, struggle for years and never really get their footing and got kind of tossed to the wayside. Yeah. Um, because we have radio stations down here. We you know we have college radio stations, but it's not to the extent of the bigger cities, the 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 New York, the Chicago, the L.A., you know, with right. Rodney on the Rock or, or other yeah. stations. So it's a lot of the local bands around here were never really getting that opportunity to really break through. And from what I understand, you've been a part of the music scene for a very long time too. So I'm imagining you, you kind of went through that same thing as watching these bands kind of go and yeah. never break through. And you're like, damn, I, w- I wish these bands were heard. I, I wish people would have, you know, tried a little harder to to make these things available to people and you know unfortunately 20 years later i i finally was in a position to do that and you know hopefully i can help some way yeah and that's a majority that's our majority you know jordy's whole uh aspect or, or everything is like you know here's a band and i think people should hear them you know and but you know he there's there's more to it all the time right like and it's the same thing with uh, as you're saying like with with bands there like uh uh, i always remember when i was younger playing in metal bands and such that the uh u.s college stations they were that was your key right like Mm. for college for, for bands because you could get played in uh on college stations and then that would get picked up more and more uh canada's a little different we've it, our record our record label industry is really different from, from everywhere else mm-hmm. so there's not there's not a ton of signings there's not a lot of push on stuff and and you have to really earn it's almost like and it's kind of funny to me but it's almost as if you have to become successful elsewhere become self-sustainable and profitable for yourself and then somebody will come along and say you know what i'm willing to help you and it's like, I don't need your help now. Like, where were you before? Yeah. You know, when, when, when we could use it. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what I get out of it. It's, it's you know, now that I'm older, I, I understand the industry a bit more. Like, nobody wants to just throw money away all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody, it's, you know, and it's like the, the industry now, right? Everybody's, everybody's got their hand out for something, right? You know, oh, you know, yeah. you want us to, you want us to review your record? It's uh, $20 on a review that's i'm paying you for an advertisement um, yeah you know and it and it's you know same thing like uh, i remember the the la scene uh the metal scene around the motley crew era where it was and i don't know if it's still the same but it was the pay to play because oh, yeah. so many bands out there everybody was going to la to become famous so it's like you know they had a ton of bands so guys were having to pay a 100 bucks to play a show you know it, 
Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's, you know, and there's they get nothing out of it because they knew. But everybody just has that dream, and it's kind of like the same thing. It's like you just, you know, there's so many bands out there, and and they're all trying, and they're all vying, and there's like, you know, and now it's even harder because like so many venues closed down in Canada. Um, like our even here, like you know, we, we lost so many venues due to COVID. Oh yeah, um, same down here. Yeah, so like you know, like with Elephant, we're scratching and clawing our way to get anywhere. Like you know, to to play any place. Like we're we've got a, a three a three date little tour coming up, uh, where we're basically we're putting a lot of miles on the on the van just to get to these. But it's just so we can play and get out there because you know it's what we got to do. But yeah, there's a ton. Like it, I find that with bands, what happens is they they get a they get a bit of success if they're younger guys and they get, if they get popular and it's, it's a fake popularity because they've got their high schools behind them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And especially if the band has like two different, you know, bands from different height, like different members come from different schools, but you have that built in fan base. So anyways, I always just found that, you know, the, the, the egos would, would grow really quickly and that's when everything falls apart. You know, they're, they, they could be a good band, but they're just not able to handle that kind of uh, pressure success. Oh yeah, and I've noticed too with with some Canadian bands, Canadian bands that I've been exposed to. Um, I grew up in the '90s, early 2000s. Um, came up through the MTV generation, the Much Music generation, where music was constantly being accessible. And I remember the the Canadian bands that would come through my way, whether or not it was some 41 or simple plan or even later on bands like the McCrackens. Um, how like when, when bands broke through the States, it was important for Canadian bands to break through to, to the, the United States. Um, is that because like you said earlier, it's because everything's kind of tight knit that, the country really doesn't help you get your music across there. So you have to find other countries to, to break through. The reason why it's important for Canadian bands to break through is because um, part of it is, is that the U S has a, um, so to tour the U S you play a ton, you can play a ton of shows. Yeah. Um, The band uh, uh, game face, they just played four dates in California. Mm -hmm. Like, Four nights in a row. Like they they're they're a band like they're like kind of like I am. Like they come out of that nineties skate punk kind of era. Yeah. Um, but you know, they they just played four four dates in a row, all different places. Like different, you know, driving like an hour, two hours away from their home. You don't have that option in Canada. Like, you know, I've done the tours of Canada where you you can play like maybe four or five shows in Ontario. Um, and then you hit the mountains and then you drive for a long time through the mountains, then you get to the other side. You hit a town, you might be able to play a show there. Um, but then you, when you hit the prairies, you're just driving for eight hours straight, like, you know, the hoping to get to just a place to sleep. And then you get to Calgary, great place. Winnipeg, great place, but not a ton of places to play. Yeah. And and then you got to go back through the mountains to get to British Columbia. Um, so it, you don't have a ton of options to play. So it's like for me being in the, because uh, I'm originally from the West Coast, like, uh, so I, I kind of, you know, I always try to, if, if I'm, if I'm going to play, I always want to try and play back in BC just cause it's my home. Right. Or it's where I was raised. Okay. Um, but you know, like being out on the East coast, like Toronto, Ontario area, you know, there's a ton of places we can go from here to Montreal. There's always places to play ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, but once you go to the Buffalo, 
or let's say you cross the border to Detroit. Well, you, you've got, Detroit, you've got so many places just in that small area. Yeah. You know, and, and then you can go from, you know, Detroit, then you drive around the lake and next thing you know, you're in, you know, you go to Rochester, then you're in uh, Albany, you're in Buffalo, you know, again, and it, and it's a big difference there. And then there's the push, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the, 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 the push of radio of college radio pushing you and college radio usually leads the way with a lot of stuff. That's how, that's how bands get picked up and discovered to that point. Um, and then once you leave Detroit, like you just, you know, Chicago, you're in Cleveland, you're doing all of these places. And then, you know, fortunate enough, you get out to LA, you don't have the mountain ranges to deal with as much. So mm-hmm. you always have a place to play. Um, and that's just basically what all bands want to do, right? They just want to keep playing the, the, the time that you're playing, uh, the times that you're driving for hours on end, you know, that's, you're not make you're not making any, any bank. You're just spending it like to get there. So what it is, is this, it's the distance from town to town in Canada, because it's such a, a large country. Mm-hmm. There's lots of cities, but they're, like you said, they're seven, eight hours apart and there's not necessarily, um, venues to play even if like if you were to go through saskatchewan or go through edmonton or go through all these places like well where where do you find to play exactly that's exactly it right so then you have to you know it's like in your you're like uh i remember one tour we did we played uh i think here we played a basement show uh, at a kid at a kid's house his parents were there so you can just imagine like, you know, five guys that have been in the van for 12 hours oh, or, yeah. or more, you know, <laughs> showing, showing up to some kid's house where, you know, they pass a can around because it's like, hey, these guys are, have driven a long way to play and they still got a long way to go. So, you know, ante up, oh, yeah. you know, uh, we got into Saskatchewan. We played a, a we were supposed to play a, a bar, um, but nobody contacted our agent to let them know that the bar had closed. Oh man. Yeah. So the guy that was promoting the show said like, Hey, well, why don't you guys come to my house? You know, we usually uh, have band practice in the garage. Uh, I'll, I'll tell some people. So we ended up playing two nights in a guy's garage, you know? So there's just like, there's just not a ton of places. And then depending on where you are at that time, it was like, you know, country Western bars, right? Oh, yeah. No, no place for a power pop punk band to play. Um, you know, so we, you know, it, it, that's all it is. It's just a matter of like, you know, it's, it's a hard thing. And then also with this, with playing in the U S as well, it's like the, 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 uh, label industry is a lot different, right? They're a bit more, uh, hyper, yeah. uh, and more into it, you know, like it's, uh, it's not unheard of to have, you know, to go play some shows in the U S and have somebody come up to you and say, you know what, I, I really like you guys. I'd be into, you know, blah, 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 and throwing a bunch of money at you to, you know, to get you into that next step because of course everybody wants a piece of that pie, yeah. but in, in, Canada it's a different contract it's a different deal so you have to you know and, and then again it's just all it's all different like you know in, in the U.S. guys are more like you know what I'm going to put this money into it and we're all going to make it we're going to make something out of this you know like the old like the Johnny Z and like the early Metallica guys right like the mm-hmm. early Metallica about that that music except for yeah. guys and they put the money and they took a chance whereas up here everybody's more cautious for it yeah and it makes sense too. a lot of the 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 hardcore Canadian bands or, or of that ilk that I got into early on, um, you know, DOA, uh, DOA no means no, yeah, uh, SF, uh, SNFU. Um, it makes sense that these bands were signing to California labels, yeah, you know, they because they, they were able, you know, you were getting the backing of somebody like a Jello B offer, you were getting the backing of 
you know, Lookout or Fat mm-hmm. Rack or whatever, it, it made sense to kind of connect with that because now you almost kind of have a built-in, um, a built-in thing to help you tour through the States and probably help you tour through Canada too. I'd imagine. Well, ex- exactly. Exactly. And that's the whole thing, right? Like if you remember like that nineties era grunge, right. Mm-hmm. You know what? One of the biggest things that happened in Canada was Sloan signing to sub pop. Oh yeah. You know, like nobody expected it. And all of a sudden they, they signed, well, all of a sudden these guys all of a sudden had clout, you know, they were there. They got signed by the same label that, you know, just, you know, first put out Nirvana, uh, you know, Sonic Youth, all that such. These guys were on that label. And, and you know, they came from a small town in, on an island, you know, like out on, on the way east, east coast. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, uh, when that stuff kind of happens, it all of a sudden makes people look at you and, and it's it's a big difference, right? Here it's, you know, it's it's, it's always the same, I think, for, for most places. Like, uh, you know, it's like kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, my, my, my friend's playing a band, whatever. It's only afterwards when things get going. It's that whole thing. You know, it's like they always say that uh, when you're climbing up, people are there to support you, help the, help you get there. Oh, but yeah. then we get to that level and nobody cares. And then you're every, everybody's your enemy all of a sudden until you're famous, until you've you've succeeded in that point. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, I remember those guys when, you know, they're cool. Meanwhile, it's the same guy that basically, you know, put the knife in your back, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, so with 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 the with Canada and the US labels or even for, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Canadian bands getting signed to, to UK labels, you know, it's it just. You know, a lot of times in Canada, it's like we're 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 totally into stuff, but at the same time, we're not. You know, we don't we don't push it until it's time to be till till there's something more, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a ton of small labels out here, like you know, like with Faster and Louder and and a few others. You know, Sonic Onion, um, you know, things like that. It's like you know, and they're out there to support the bands, and you know, that's what you know, that's what we kind of appreciate with Jordy. It's like, he's, he's there for us like a hundred percent. Right. He's always, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I have meetings with him, like uh, phone meetings with him, like once every two days or whatever, just to go over what's going on and what we're doing. And, you know, and it's a constant push, right. He's always hustling to get us somewhere else or to, you know, you know, I sent, sent this guy a CD. I sent this guy a, a link to the, you know, to the, to the page, you know, hopefully we're going to, something's going to come back. And, and the, it's basically, you know, it's all you could ask for. Because I know a bigger label wouldn't be doing that. They would have the built-in fan base. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but you know, like when you're a small label, you, you, you know, we all we all got to hustle, right? So that's kind of what I like about uh, with Jordy's label, uh, which is Faster and Louder Records. Uh, you know, there's a couple of us on there, and we all kind of are rooting for each other, and we're all kind of like, you know, you know, hey, I just heard about this. Let those let those guys know about this, and then, you know, it just kind of does full circle. <laughs>
having correspondence with Jordy, and it, he he messages me all the time. Yeah. You know, he'll Luda will shoot the shit, and he'll he'll tell me about stuff with you guys, and try to get bands down here, and just correspondence. And I, I love that what's happened over maybe the last four or five years yeah. is these labels started forming, and you know I don't know why other than. And I can speak for my label, probably for the same reason is, hey, I'm friends with these bands. I want them to be heard. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to be like a, a, a swelling of like these grassroots underground record labels were starting to form. And everybody was everybody has been um, communicating with each other. You know, yeah. my label talks to Jordy's label, and I have a buddy Johnny in the UK who does Cat's Claw. Right, and then I'm I'm cool with, um, you know, my buddy Matt does Out Loud Records, and you know, Ramones Core Radio. I have all these radio, you know, Mom's yep. Basement, and the list goes on and on. Yep, and everybody supports one another. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's trying to see each other be as successful as they possibly can. Yep. Yep. And, and I don't know if it's always been like that no. because I, I've never had a label before. Right. But I'm, I'm lucky enough that now, like, I'm in a situation where, like, I could recognize that, you know, within the scene. Yeah, I can, I, can, I totally get that. Um, I don't think it was always like that. I think um, I just know from my experience with other bands, it was always uh, things, things used to be always like almost competitive yeah and and cutthroat and like you know nobody was there and you know and and like i'll, I'll be straight like and jordy knows this about elephant like we're all about like trying to help everybody mm-hmm. but at, at the same time like we're like straight up if you're not willing to help us like then that's that's a different story like if we help you and like it's a tit for tat kind of deal like oh if, I, I, if, well, if, absolutely yeah if you're if you're not down to help like if you're not re- reciprocating like you know then that's that's a different game but but yeah no with us we we try to you know we we try to bring everybody with us and you know you know and we hope that everybody else is, is the same like you know this this small tour that we're this uh small tour we're doing with dave uh, rocket and the jobbers and um heavy petter i think it is oh, yeah. um uh you know like you know, it's all, that's, that's three, that's three bands like night after night. It's, it's going to be positive, right? We've already played uh, a show with Dave. Uh, we, we get along with Dave and, and his group really well. So, you know, it's kind of fun that way. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how we see it. Like, you know, and you know, we're just, we, I, I've, you know, as we've alluded to, I've been in the scene for a long time, like different music scenes, like, mm-hmm. like London's new for me. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I've cut my teeth mostly in Oshawa and Toronto. Um, but you know, the London music scene's a little different, but you know, we're the, we're somewhat the new kids on the block in this area. Um, just, we just, we, nobody knew who we were. We were kind of just, you know, I, I had a different lineup originally with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys that are in the band now are, we've been together for over two years, uh, same, same lineup and everything. And it's, it's going well, but you know, we, we're, nobody knew us. So we, we yep. weren't playing, we weren't playing shows. And then when COVID hit, it actually had more of a, uh, detrimental effect on it because obviously we lost the clubs and we lost, uh, some, some opportune playing time. Cause we, you know, uh, crumble came out, uh, digitally, like, you know, a little while ago and yeah. it, it was put out early on purpose so we could get close, so we could get shows. Uh, that's, we rushed it out, uh, the first version of it just so we could get gigs and then everything shut down. So in that time we 
we kind of reeled back and uh with the new with the new lineup it was more like okay you know let's let's rework this stuff so it's ours and like so you guys all feel comfortable with it and now it's it's out you know and uh you know the new stuff's coming along well but you know now we're we're just hoping to to get going some more and as i say and when it happens we'll be hopefully dragging a bunch of other bands with us and we're we're hoping to be able to make some great contacts outside of london and be able to bring these bands to london and again reciprocate it elsewhere so you know and we're hoping to get in the states as well but it's it's a tricky game right because you got to make sure that you've got all your mm-hmm. your uh, t's and i's crossed to get through without screwing yourself because if you you know you if you sneak through and get caught you're not coming back exactly you know and that that as much as it's kind of fun to be that mischievous punk kid at the same time uh you know i, I like vacationing <laughs> you know even though it's such a bummer as you remember the days where it was easy to get in canada oh yeah you know it was easy to come into the states you cross over through niagara you know yep. what i mean you, yep and like like i'm about uh i'd say about three three and a half hours from niagara falls right and you know we went up there plenty of times and it was like no big deal to go you know as long as you had your id mm-hmm and you know you could cross over, but after nine eleven happened, it was like nope, close yep. borders down. And it's like, but we don't have a problem with Canada. No, no and exactly. Canada doesn't have a problem with us. Like, why are we? Why are we like pushing this upon ourselves? I mean, it was so crazy. Yeah, no, exactly. And then, and the, and we thought this. We felt the same thing. Like there used to be like I. So it's funny. You're in. Uh, you say you were Eastern PA or Western? I'm in Western Pennsylvania, Western. close to Ohio border. Yeah. Okay. Um, so years upon years ago, when I was younger, I played in a metal band called Leftovers, and we actually shot a video or part of the video in Pennsylvania. But I couldn't oh, okay. tell you—I couldn't tell you the exact location because I was uh, a raging alcoholic at the time, so I was drinking a lot and didn't really care. Um, <laughs> um, the way it goes when you play metal back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everybody wanting to be in Metallica, uh, just trying to keep up with the alcohol, just in case you met them, so you didn't embarrass yourself. Now, were um, you a James or were you like, or were you like a Dave Mustaine? Uh, James Cliff. A James, James Cliff. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, pl- I played, I was playing bass back then. Right. Oh, okay. So I'm a bass I, player too. I, oh, okay. Yeah. So I always appreciated James's uh, stage presence and his just overall coolness, like just the way he commanded it. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I was always a huge fan of how Cliff played the bass. So, um, but you know, there was so many great bands back then, but yeah, so we, okay. we, sh- we, we actually went down there and it wasn't a big issue. Like we, we actually, we, we did a whole thing. We went where we got through. We went to New York city for the CMJ music festival okay. where we, we volunteered and uh, hung out and had, had a great time there. And then we came back to Pennsylvania and shot the video um, and then headed back home. And uh, you know, it was easy as easy as anything to get through um, mm-hmm. now. And, and even then back then, right. If you were, ta- if you were touring, you could basically everybody, goes to the border and it's like, where are you guys going? Wherever, you know, tell them where's it going. All right, off you go. Yep. Or, or nope. And then it's like, all right, off we go. And then you, you drive to Michigan, like drive to the, to the Detroit border or the Buffalo, wherever you were going. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's go try another border then. But now it's like, you know, nope. It's like, okay, well, let's try another border. You can't cause it's already been put into the system that you're, you've been flagged exactly so it's like you're just like so you know it's one of those things you got to make sure that everything's done properly and it it which is i get it but it's still just such a pain in the ass you know it's like oh i gotta i have to have all these all this paperwork done i have to do all this i have to do all that just to come play like three shows 
And you guys have to, when you play, you almost kind of have to get like a, I don't know if it's just like a touring visa. Like you have to get like a specific yeah, yeah, you have thing to, to go it. cut through, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we because the whole thing is it's like part of the whole dish. It's just all a pushback on on like politicians and such. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. we 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 have to get a work. We have to have a work visa for whatever. Even if you're playing one show to two shows, like from what I recall. But it's because it's we're taking jobs away from American citizens that could do the job as well, uh... and and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, that's why you just, you, you start to notice that touring bands, like, you know, you guys are getting like, there's like, you know, obviously with COVID we're getting shut down. Like, you know, we're, we have some crazy um, uh, things still going on. So like a lot of touring bands aren't coming up just, oh, yeah. just because of that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, like bands are out there, but you know, we, they're not coming up here as much and much like we're like Canadian bands aren't really getting down to the States because it's, it's not an easy task to do. And it's like, you know, I've, we are talking with a couple of agents over in Europe uh, about getting over there and it's like it's the same thing it's like you know oh, we've yeah. got a back we've got a backlog of two years of bands that want to play shows here mm-hmm. you know it's like we'll, we'll put you in line but yeah, good luck you know, <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like i'm just like yeah okay cool keep us i'm like if everybody cancels just uh send me an email yeah please <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure the guy i'm sure the guys will be stoked to have to you know hop a plane and you know pay a ton of money let's do it yeah, let's do it. Why not? Who cares? You know, like yeah. we're gonna go, we're gonna go tour Europe. Why not? Yeah, yeah. We, like we, that's that was that's the big joke. I saw the guys like, it's like, what are you gonna do? You gonna tell everybody when you get older? Like, you know, we had the opportunity to do it, but I didn't go. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's just a. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, but that's a, that's the big difference, right? It's just you know, you just, you know, we're so spaced out, and we're just hoping hoping to get get things tighter again and like meaning like musically and having everybody being able to play play shows that's all we need is shows right oh yeah absolutely and i i definitely want to talk to you about about the band mm-hmm. um um when did you when did you guys because you said you guys only been a band for a couple of years correct yeah and um i noticed uh with you guys i think it was um three kicks was would have been the first thing that you guys put out and um that was under your old lineup yeah yeah well no actually three three kicks are the same guys but it was all written by a different lineup oh okay so um when we the the original lineup uh you know straight up i i had kind of retired from music because i got really sick of the industry okay Uh, you know you work really hard and you just have some you know whatever all your contacts and then one day you find out that you're (laughs) the guy who was working on getting your label signed has been fired uh, yeah. you know, and you're, you're nowhere anymore. And you're just like, seriously. Um, anyway, uh, so I stopped playing and a buddy of mine, uh, from back, uh, Oshawa, Ajax, Toronto area, uh, had, was also living in London, had moved here and, uh, as well. And, uh, we'd actually got together one day playing hockey and recognized each other from back in the day. And we were like, yeah, we should get together. So we hadn't even planned on doing a band. We were just writing tunes in his studio. Okay. And, uh, we we're just kind of jamming it out. Nothing was really happening, um, but we just kind of got along musically really well. So we decided, hey, let's try this. So we uh, rented a rehearsal space, and he knew a bass player. And we ran a couple ads, and we came across this drummer, and we started doing stuff and writing the songs. But we just found that we weren't getting completed songs because mm-hmm. we every time we'd come back into the room, we would we'd be so like coming from different areas so it's like i want to try this i want to try that so it just we just never got stuff completed 
Um, and then I went on vacation <laughs> uh, and I shut off my phone and I'm in an airport uh, coming back. And it was the first time I'd turned my phone on and logged onto the internet. And uh, oh, the message board had just exploded <laughs> between the oh, band. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So the the guitar player and the drummer had gotten into it, and the drum and the and my buddy just said, "You know what? I don't really need this. I've, I've got a good career uh, DJing. I'm I'm out." And I was just like, "Oh!" And then we I tried to you know fill in the void, so we had a, we got another guitar player come in, who was on the three kicks recording, um, <laughs> and the bass player and the drummer were still there. But then it just started to the dichotomy was weird. It was mm-hmm. just, it was no longer a, a fun. It was like, you know, there was some aggression going on, some passive aggression as well. So I was kind of like, mm, I can't really do this. I don't want to do this. Uh, so then uh, the, the bass player left and the drummer basically told me he was going to quit. Uh, so I was like, okay. So I started finding out, like looking for other guys. And then uh, to make it short, uh, uh, our guitar player, Gus, that's with us now. Uh, just happened to know these two guys, uh, Scott and Chris. And uh, Chris plays, uh, had been playing in a certain, he's known around London, but he's, he's always kind of played in punk bands. Yeah. Um, but he was playing in a surf, a surf kind of instrumental band. And he really wanted to play something heavier. So Gus said, like, you know what? He goes, I know this guy. He's looking for a bass player. He's like, give it a go. So he did. And then um, we had a couple tryouts for drummers. And then uh, Gus came through and just said, you know what? I know this guy, Scott. Uh, you know, uh, he hasn't played in a bit, but he's played in a bunch of, you know, known bands around the area. Give him a shout. So I did. And uh, I think I Scott and I met and I happened to be wearing a Sam I Am t-shirt. Nice. And uh, he's a huge Sam I Am fanatic and I didn't know about it. Uh, so he was just like, that was kind of like, he's like, I think I'm going to get along with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so he came out and then, uh, uh, we had a, another guitar player, uh, Jordan. He's the, the guy who plays on the three kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just had other stuff going on and, uh, it just, you know, it was kind of taken over. So we just kind of had to say like, you know what, we get it and we appreciate it, but you know, we got to find somebody else. So then it was funny. I just went back to the well to Gus, strangely <laughs> enough. And I just said, I just said, I got to find a new guitar player. And I had another guy in mind um, and uh, that I really wanted to work with. And uh, we were talking about it. And the other guy just basically said like, you know what? I don't think I can commit to a band. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so I just talked to Gus and Gus is like, well, before you run an ad, can I try out? And Gus has another, his, has his own band with his brother and his best friends. Okay. And, I, and I was like, yeah, sure. So he came out and he's just been there ever since. So we've been kind of just plugging away, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good fit. So yeah, it's like, so the band's been around with this lineup for two and a bit. Mm-hmm. I think Gus joined us like a week before we, we recorded the EP, the crumble EP. Okay. So we just threw him into the fire. Like it was like, here you go. Like learn these songs. We're going in the studio. Um, and it, it was easier for him because I play all the rhythm tracks. Mm-hmm. So he just had to play like the leads, uh, and then uh, we had a gig pretty much like two weeks later and then, uh, and then COVID shut everything down. So in that time, the band always has been working. So we just kind of stuck to the rules and, mm. you know, we, our rehearsal space is big enough and the guys kind of wore their masks to get in and out of the space and all that such. And yeah. And then t- yeah, so it's a, it's a good fit for me at least. Awesome. And you yeah. know, what you mentioned uh, earlier, you mentioned Sam, I am. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like like they're one of my favorite bands, and I feel like they're insanely underrated. Oh yeah, yeah, completely. Um, and I remember I was going through your the the other recordings of the songs I hadn't heard, and of course I went back to Crumble and listening to you guys. I I, I can hear the influence of Sam. I am. I can hear the influence of like face to face. That <laughs> that um that early nineties skate punk but pop punk but like not even pop punk like almost like like the the stuff on lookout that wasn't ramon's core right right yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah like that kind of stuff and that's really what was coming through to me and i i don't know i have i have such a soft spot for bands like that i have um like bands like jawbreaker and sam mm-hmm. i am and face to face and yeah um those kind of bands that just really you couldn't pinpoint what they were musically like they were you just like eh, they're not hardcore they're not pop punk they're not skate punk i'm not really sure what they are but they write really good fucking songs yeah yeah they they they, they smash out some great bangers and it's like and then then they do something that's completely off the the chart like that you didn't expect them to do uh yeah i don't know it's uh, the 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 influencing is so all over the place. I'm a huge replacements fan. Always have been. I could hear that too. Uh, hear yeah, that too. and it's it's like you know. So like you know, I went from uh, geez, like my my early stuff. Like when I was younger, I was I really loved the Monkees a lot. That's where a lot of my songwriting sensibility comes from. Like the trying to find the pop hook. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but then you know, I, when I got a bit older, I was like really into the Who, and uh, stuff like that. And then you know, maybe you know, when I was little, like the a little bit of kiss and then acdc and then i basically made this jump from the who to metallica like hardcore mm-hmm. and totally into that thrash scene uh and then uh misfits faith no more um and then god what was it i was i was playing in a metal i, I was playing in the band we just finished funny enough it'll make this quick we just finished shooting the video in pennsylvania mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we came home uh we had to do some retakes uh so we did that and a buddy of mine played uh his brother worked at basf and so basically the the duplication plant Mm -hmm. and he brought we were playing road hockey so and it's kind of fun because we all these bands used to get together in oshawa uh, on the sunday and didn't matter what band you were in or what genre you played in so there was Mm -hmm. skate punk there was punk there was metal there was industrial we all used to get together and play road hockey that's awesome. Yeah, so it was kind of fun. It was kind of like at the end of uh, Clerks with everybody on the rooftop. Oh yeah, but you know we had like, but we have outdoor lacrosse rinks, so every we'd be uh, at these at these outdoor rinks playing hockey. Um, anyway, so my buddy gave me this cassette. What is uh, the uh, Ministry's Land of Rape and Honey before it was ever released? Oh wow! The B side of that cassette was Big Drill Car's CD type <laughs> thing. Yeah, like one of my favorites to this day. So I basically would play the ministry side of things because I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it was over, I would just hit rewind, play it again. Well, one night I wasn't really paying attention. I was sitting in my room and I had the uh, it on and I never actually listened to what was on the other side of it. So at the end of the tape, it clicked over and, you know, the whole thing like critters uh, <laughs> and i was hooked and i gotta tell you like within two weeks i had quit the metal band just uh, just something just something about hearing big drill car 
the way that Frank sang, the way that Mark played the guitar, Danny hit the drums, Bob played bass. It was everything that I'd ever heard in my head, right? It's like, it's, it's that monkey's pop sensibility. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got that aggression of the guitars and the, the really cool drums, amazing bass playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank's voice, I've always just really liked it. Um, and that was it. I was hooked. I was hooked. And yeah, it's like, and so then from there, it was like big drill car, all descendants or early Goo Goo Dolls before the Iris and all that stuff, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and just, and just going to see anybody who was playing at that time uh, in that genre, you know, I just, I just got to go, you know, it's like, um, you know, my name's playing, let's go see them, you know, but, you know, and then later on, like, as the next phase came through, like face to face and, and all that such like, and, and actually the guy who produced, the elephant crumble cd or engineered it with us uh he engineered and we co-produced it uh he just did he just produced the last face to face album oh wow okay so yeah so it's kind of weird we did uh there's a song out uh, on there called maybe pain okay yeah i uh, saw that yeah this is yeah. a real good song yeah we did the video for it well uh we were doing i was basically doing overdubs uh redoing my vocal tracks for a lot of the stuff and doing some guitar tracks uh up at siggy's studio um uh called beach road studios here and uh i was basically being um kind of like in in between he was doing uh production meetings with face to face so so i'm like you know kind of like you know waiting and he's doing one thing and then it's like okay do a take and it's like all right it's like and then it's like okay i gotta go man i gotta you know i gotta go to this production meeting so it was kind of uh fun for us because we're you know, obviously face-to-face fans as well. Um, but then to have, you know, to know that the, the guy that's producing us working with us is also, you know, at the same time working with them. It was kind of just a, a neat kind of situation for us. That's really cool. That's yeah. cool how I'm listening to your stuff and face-to-face pops into my head and here you go, you have that connection with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the, super cool. Yeah, the, different, the difference on the two things is that uh, we re- <laughs> we recorded everything in one night, um, except for some overdubs, <laughs> and, and they took a, a lot longer. Uh, but, well, uh, when you have more money, right, you can yeah. record longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. When, it, when, when, when uh, Gary's not paying for it, uh, yeah, let's, let's take our time. When Gary's yeah, paying exactly. for it, let's, yeah. What do you mean you don't have your parts done? Get out. Uh, uh, I'll I'm playing everything. Everybody, yeah. get out. <laughs> that's that's pretty much that's pretty much my take on stuff. What do you mean? No? Okay, get out. I'll do it. Like, no, no, I can do it. No, you had your chance. <laughs> Shut up.
so when you were listening to stuff like the Goo Goo Dolls and the replacements and Big Drill Car and all that, is that where you you ended up starting playing more like the power pop with Lame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a uh, uh, Lame. Lame originally was um, a creation of uh, my alcohol uh, problems. Okay. Uh, I wanted a band, so the metal band was really serious when we played. Like you know, like you screw up a note and everybody gives you dirty looks. Oh yeah, of uh, course. you know that kind of thing. Um, which is fine. I, you know, it, it pushes you to be a better musician. It's not judging you and everybody's up against the wall, judging you, pointing their fingers, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. stroking yeah. their beard. <laughs> and, and I and I have enough anxieties as it is. I don't need that going on. Um, yeah, who needs that so, shit, yeah. man? <laughs> so uh, I used, you know, as I say, I used to drink a lot more and or yeah, I'm clean now. But uh, uh, lame was created as a originally as a an, of an avenue for me just to get completely hammered mm-hmm. uh, and play music with my friends. But I wanted it to be simple. Yeah. So again, like, uh, what was the one song? Uh, I don't know. We used to just play whatever, but you know, not a lot of cover, not too many covers. Cause I'm never a guy that likes playing covers, but, uh, you know, just, you know, power pop three minute songs mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's footage like originally lame was called one word, okay. um, but then I found out there was a band called one, another band called one word at the time. Um, so, uh, we just became lame. Um, but yeah, it was just basically about me seeing how much i could drink and still play and sing so the um, replacements yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah not not the not the proper thing to be uh, idolizing uh, no but, it's okay but, we all we you know we've all we've all been guilty of having our drunk heroes right oh yeah totally totally <laughs> well you figure i went from the metallica era into the into the replacements era of, of just alcoholism it, it really worked out well for me there um, you go <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah that's 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 basically where it came from was the big getting that big drill car tape was it and uh that was when everything just changed right right at that moment like as i say within two weeks i'd shaved my head uh and basically started playing like started writing like i gave up uh i started uh when i started lame i was playing bass okay uh and in like where i was where we were doing this was in oshawa ontario and i couldn't played that style that i liked so mm. oshawa was kind of uh uh you get more of a zeppelin kind of hendrixy feel back in that day yeah so guys would come and play and it would be more just loose and no tightness to it so uh one day i just bought a guitar like and just said okay i'm playing guitar that's that mm-hmm. you know we'll do it that way so we i created the band from that and then uh it, things went well for it for a long time we did really good stuff with it and then uh we got off tour um, we got off our last tour and, uh, three things, depression. I, I've mm-hmm. always battled with it. Um, yeah. that hit, I'm, that hit. I'm bipolar. So I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I've, that hit the same time coming home after having a bit of success is when, is when your friends kind of like when people kind of turn. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of hitting me a bit harder just cause at that same time, you're, you're still sensitive to it uh, with the, with the depression, everything hits even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the guys in the band at the time didn't, I, I want point, like take it to that okay. next level and go hard, but the guys didn't want to, they didn't feel like they, you know, so at that point I was like, okay. Uh, and my girlfriend at that point was moving to London, uh, to come to school, uh, to finish up for teacher's college. And, uh, I just said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So I, tr- I kept, I kept lame going for about three on paper for three years mm-hmm. uh trying to get together to rehearse and uh once in a while and it just wasn't working and then i got a new lineup of guys but then you know they 
they had different bands as well. So it just wasn't going to click. So I, at that point I stopped uh, playing in the bands and then uh, I just kept writing and that's basically, a, and, but it's always been that power pop punky kind of genre that I like. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what, what comes along. Like, you know, I, lo- I love quicksand. I love uh, propaganda. You know, they're not really a power pop band. They're like hardcore mm-hmm. punk to me, but even, even closer to metal half the time, uh, you know, the, the new stuff, not the old stuff, but the, I, lo- I love the, the, um, the new album. I, I'm just blown away by it. Oh yeah. Me too. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I hear stuff, but it doesn't, it, all it does is it just adds a bit of flavor to what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. So like, I know like the, the new elephant stuff, it's a bit harder edged, but it's still poppy punk. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked to get it, to get it recorded. So we're, we're working with Siegfried again uh, on that. So we've already worked out all that stuff with him. Um, and yeah, just trying to, trying to get it done. Like it's the big thing, right? It's just trying to find time. Oh, absolutely. And like I, like I said, I, I love I love the hell. I love, love the crumble EP, and um, Jordy just sent me. You did the uh, <laughs> the, we, the we are scientists cover. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, the thing that I love most about your band is just I get hints of all these different sounds. Like you can't really pinpoint. Like I said earlier, I heard you know Sam I am and and face to face, but I also heard traces of i don't know if this is intentional but another canadian band who i really like you you did i think it was on shingles or it might have been on um i'm gonna have to look back and look through maybe maybe forget you Mm -hmm. and you did something musically and it kind of reminded me of like our lady of peace <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love Our Lady of Peace, dude. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I might, I might get some shit for it, but I love yeah. that fucking band. You know, it's so. Here's, here's the funny part. It, it was not intentional, uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's a great compliment. Um, because the original guitar player Mike from Our Lady of Peace, uh, yeah, uh, I used to live with him. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah but, uh, back before Our Lady of Peace, uh, I, I was down on my luck actually. Um, and it, it was actually at that. That's this is where it all ties together then with with Mike six degrees uh, down on my luck I was homeless um, had no place to live and uh, my brother had actually knew Mike and his uh, partner at that time and uh, he had lived with them for a while and uh, I had run into Mike uh, we were friends through my brother and I had run into him someplace probably at a guitar sh- at the at the guitar shop and uh, he basically offered me a place to stay uh, that I could live, you know, if I could live in the basement if, of their place if I wanted. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. So I actually, I, I lived there. And that's where actually uh, I heard the first, that's where I heard Land of Rape and Honey. That's where I first heard um, Big Drill Car. And that's where, oh, I, sh- no that's, shit. Yeah, that's where I shaved my head and uh, quit the metal band all like within a matter of two weeks. Uh, that was in his basement. Holy um, shit. Yeah. And then later on, like I moved out later and, uh, um, anyways, yeah, I moved out later on and, uh, uh, yeah. And then shortly after that, he, uh, they got, they got picked up by, uh, with, uh, discovered by Arnold Lanny and then, mm-hmm. uh, became who they are today. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, and it, we, you know, and yeah, and I, he's a, he's a wonderful person. He's a, he's always been a great person. So it's cool that you would, uh, that you bring it up. I think I know what you're talking about. It's in, um, uh, moral dilemma. 
Well, that's it. More dilemma. Like you did something with it. I don't know if it's, it's the effect or the way you played it. It's in the middle. It's in the middle bridge part. I think where we do. There's kind of a tribal drum rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. That's yeah. it. Which is hilarious because I wasn't going for that tone. I was going for something else. But at the same time, it does. I get where you're coming from because it does come out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could it come out that way. But yeah, no, it's a it's a, it's a cool thing. It's nice to hear that. Uh, as I say, especially uh, um, with with Mike being a, an old friend of mine, it's kind of cool to to hear that. Uh, um, um that's really cool because they're yeah. they're from they're from ajax right oh uh, well uh oshawa and Toronto. oshawa oshawa yeah the the original drummer and the, the original drummer i think was ajax uh rain uh was in when i met rain and he was going to school in toronto oh wow uh and uh, obviously mike mike's from oshawa that's how i know mike so and and oshawa's got like oshawa's got a great history for music like for Mm. for bands like killer dwarves came out of oshawa Uh, yeah like you know our lady peace came out of there's there's been a ton of stuff and there's great stuff coming out of there now it's it's a it's actually a pretty happening music place uh some 40 some 41's ajax Uh, okay yeah maybe that's what i was thinking okay yeah so and again it's they're all you know everybody seems to know everybody in that area so it's it's kind of cool I remember in the '90s, it was like I I I got into like Our Lady Peace, and around the same time, because I was really into like indie rock. I was into yeah. um, like we mentioned earlier, Goo Goo Dolls. They're 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 from Buffalo. Yep. Um, you know, I got to see them early on when they did um, when they were doing the tour for um, a boy named Goo. But I okay. already had listened to you know the Superstar Car Wash, Jed, like all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, another band that I had gotten into around the same time was Treble, Treble Charger. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, I remember being like, I was like, like 15, 16 years old, and I would like listen to Our Lady of Peace and Treble Charger, and like everybody would be like, like they had no idea who they were. Yeah. And then like both bands, I mean, Our Lady of Peace to a bigger extent than Treble Charger. Yeah. But, um, it was like they were like like I don't know like they were like my like bands that like were kind of like mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> not everybody was into them, and around the same time, it was like the new metal stuff, and I still kind of had that right. that you know not that, like that that indie rock power pop whatever whatever you wanted to consider them, you know. Right, right, yeah, yeah. No, and it's true. Like, yeah, Trouble Charger. I remember when they when they hit the scene, they were like, you know, I think they originally originally called NC Seventeen. Yeah, uh, and then they had to change their name um, to, and they came out with Trouble Charter. But yeah, they they did great stuff, and it's like you know, like uh, you know, uh, you know, it 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 helped a lot. It, it helped it helped Canadian music. Sloan, Trouble Charger, uh, OLP, uh, you know, to you know, some forty one. It made people kind of say like you know, you know, like wow, you know, maybe there's there is some good stuff coming out again. You know, uh, you know, we've you know, I find that Canadians push push themselves really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to do that, it's like it's same with like the Sum Forty Ones. You know, again, it's you know they they came across a, a great tone. Mm-hmm. And you know? the way I came the way I came across real real quick story before I let mm-hmm. you go. The way I across the way I I found Trouble Charger. Um, my dad is a is a long was a long haul truck driver when I was growing up. Right, and um, he used to come across like of course you go to to gas stations and yep. service centers mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, back in the day, you used to oil, the, the STP uh, or whatever, you can get like oil for your trucks. Oh yeah. 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 The company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. 
in the mid nineties, they were putting out like kind of like road cassettes. Yeah, you know? yeah, completely. Yeah. And Trouble Charger was on one of these cassettes. It okay. was the song Red. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. And that Which was one? the first time I ever heard Trouble Charger. And then I bought that album and then I bought their discography up up until, you know, in in through like the two thousands. But like I was like with that band from like that moment on. Yeah. So yeah, like ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, somewhere in between there. Like yeah, just from like one of these like, you know, stop cassettes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, have a cassette on. You know, you can listen to it while you're on the road. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, Trouble yeah. Charger was on there. Yeah, we uh, just uh, on that same note. Uh, the well, when it was lame, when we used to go on the road and stuff, or do these road trips, we'd always stop at those like uh, Flying J's or Fifth Wheels, as we call them. Oh yeah, we have flying days up in uh, going like up around Youngstown and stuff, and up in Cleveland. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we we would we would stop there because it's like in those kind of places are the places where you can basically, you know, if you need to have a shower, uh, you know, get mm-hmm. food, you know, and, and it's not always the greatest food, but usually they have a restaurant, a Denny's attached to it or something. Yeah, uh, you know, and again, you know, f- five. I think there was five of us on that tour the one oh, time um, wow. in in the van. So it's like you know you stop there and you you know you junk food pop mm. you know gatorade um and, but we would always like everybody was like each time we would stop it would be like okay you know somebody would buy the cassette you know or the the the, the disc the 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 mix mixtape of uh trucker tapes yeah and and, and and that was our thing right we would just buy it just for fun we, we had our music that we listened to but you just get tired of it right there's only so much so many times yeah. you want to listen to something so we would just go buy these these things and you'd just be like we you know sometimes you'd just be like oh my god this is so terrible oh and yeah then, there was some yeah. terrible bands but i i discovered like i said discovered trouble charger and ned's atomic dustbin yeah yeah like really weird stuff but like you're like it's not what you would think truckers would listen to <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i think i think they were smart and they knew that bands toured so yeah let's, let's let's give them something let's give these guys something but yeah we used to do that we used to get like on the road we used to get um we'd play shows and we'd have kids come up to us and give us their demo tapes oh that's cool yeah and i was always like i was like we'd get in the in the van and i'd always be like you know we got like four tapes and it's like what are they expecting us to do like we're not even doing anything like we're not we you know we're on a small label that's you know we're paying for everything again it's like you know mm-hmm. what are they what do they want um, but we, we still listen to it and it's like, you know, again, it's the same thing. Like we used to do the, it's called, uh, we called it the record release party and it wasn't mean hearted. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just like, if you're not putting in the effort to so get like, you know, some garage recording of the, the band and it's like, you, you listen to it for like 10, 15 seconds. And in 15 seconds, you know, if you're, what you're dealing with. Yeah. You're tossing it on the floor, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. To the wild. Um, but yeah, it's like, we used to, you know, we discovered a few good, really awesome bands out of it. You know, we, uh, we used to, I used to do a show in Oshawa called Bung Fest. Uh, okay. and, uh, we would bring bands and that we met. And so, and it was always like a huge party, but you know, we'd, we'd sell the places out and it would be a big, big event. Uh, but we would bring, you know, bands that we met in Toronto or if, uh, like, I don't know, there's a band out of uh, Winnipeg called Red Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they, they came out and played once and it's just, you know, we just did all this stuff all the time. And it was just, to again, you know, you, you discover stuff and it's kind of like the same thing. Like you say, you know, they, you buy these truck top, truck stop CDs or cassettes mm-hmm. and you never know what's going to get, what what's yeah. going to perk your ear up. So it's like, you know, that's, that's how, uh, the, I don't know if you listen to the band, Texas is the reason at all. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah they were on, uh, they were on uh, revelation, revelation records. Yeah. On the yeah. program. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we uh, we discovered them on tour. Um, the, the, the guy that was booking us uh, out of Edmonton booked our tour. Uh, we and uh, he basically gave us a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, like just when, you know, it's like, oh, here, I got this stuff for you. And anyways, one of the things was, uh, do you know who you are? The, oh, the, nice. the CD of it. Yeah. He, he actually gave me a, uh, he gave me the uh, big drill car, chemical people 45 with uh, oh. big, big drill car surrender. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great record. Yeah. He gave me that. He gave me uncle Tupelo uh, gun, uh, but nice. he, he just, he just, get, I still have them. Like it's, I'm a, I'm a hoarder, I guess. Um, but I just didn't get rid of them. I, but yeah, I still have them. But yeah. So we would just be like, you know, in the van and it's like, Oh, let's, you know, what did Dave give us? Like, let's listen to it. And it's like, you know, and I remember hearing uh, Texas is the reason and just being just floored. Uh, by just the music right and just like damn it you know another band that's so good right oh yeah and you know what it's it's around the same time too we were you know you and your friends were trade tape uh tape trading you know what i mean yeah. getting into like oh like dude like i that, that's how i discovered bands like sonic youth and back and like right right yeah you yep. know ridiculous stuff but like you know that's what you did if you were into it you wanted your friends to hear it so then you trade tapes you know yeah yeah exactly and and it still kind of goes that way but the problem is as i say it's this is just so much music that it's so yeah. hard to and it's like you know and well, you know we're hoping that elephant gets on somebody's like you know trade them list uh and you know and, and can, gets pushed around enough but you know what, what can you do right it's it's uh it's in, it's 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 going to be like you know 50% hard work and uh you know 50% luck Oh yeah, and I told Jordy. I already told Jordy, and I'll, I'll tell you too. Well, whatever I can do to help you guys here in the states, oh, um, we appreciate I'll that. Do, That's I'll awesome. do my very, I'll do my very best to to help you. Once once things ease up and we can start, we can start getting bands out and playing. Yeah, because um, we're all relatively close. I think you guys are like probably like five five six hours away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a, that's about right. Yeah, Jordy always jokes around. Like, well, we, I would have been like an hour and a half wasn't for that damn lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the truth, right? That is the truth. Well, you know, and that's the whole thing. It's like, it's like, how do we, you know, we, we've been trying to like, you know, mentally, I've been like my cousin, uh, I have a, I have cousins all through the States. It's like, um, one of them's in, in, or has, has been in uh, Buffalo for years. And, and he was saying the same thing. Like, how do I get, how, how do we get you guys to come down and play? Mm-hmm. you know and it's like i don't even know like you know I would, the four of us would have to come down just on our own meet yeah. up you know mm-hmm. and then borrow everybody's gear yeah you would yeah. literally have to or at least come with what a guitar and a bass have to use people's amps on their drums at least yeah their yeah. pas and shit as you as you would play yeah yeah exactly you know or, or you know or even rent guitars because like that's the thing right a lot of guys nowadays as soon as they see you with a guitar they know what's up oh yeah you know, so it's like, you know, we, we were discussing that last night at rehearsal, like, you know, okay, so if we're able to, if we were able to get over to the UK, how do we, how do we pull this off? You know, mm-hmm. it's like the same thing. It's like, well, you basically bring a change of clothes <laughs> yep, and uh, the rest of the bag is just filled with merch and CDs. Uh, and it's all divided up between the guys and you just hope and pray that they don't ask you why you have so many exact same copies of your CD. Yeah, exactly. You're just wrapping in bubble. Oh, it's just, uh, just stuff I bought, you know, blah, yeah, blah, blah, ex- you know? I'm just giving out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just giving it free. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, you know, free promo. for friends. Yeah, free promotion. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Uh, so you know, it's 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 pretty much it's the way you have to do it. It's always been that way. But yeah, we're hoping we're hoping stuff happens. And I and and I do appreciate you taking the time to talk with us or with myself today about the band. I I can blather on about any subject at any given moment. So I appreciate that. 
Oh, you're welcome. And and um, I want to uh, thank you for wanting to come on. Like I, I've been talking to Jordy, and Jordy's like, you gotta have him on. You gotta have him on. <laughs> but he was like, he was like, you gotta have Gary on. Like he was so adamant about it. Like, dude, you gotta have Gary on. He has great stories. Um, you love his band, so you gotta get him on. And I'm I'm really happy I was able to get you on, man. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad uh, I was glad to be here. And it was funny. I almost asked Chris if he wanted to do it today instead of me, because I'm normally just pretty, I keep to myself a lot. Oh, I can uh, understand. But yeah, but uh, I decided, you know, I, d- I was just like, you know what? No, I'll, I'll do it. It's, it seems like a good thing. It's, uh, I was down. I was feeling, I was, let's just, I was feeling good today. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Okay, good. And I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you were able to actually go through with it. And I appreciate it. Yeah. I try to tell everybody up front, I try to let the conversation you know go the way that it goes you know what i mean like yeah. i you know i just want i want the guests to feel relaxed i want them to have a good time and i i hope you had a good time talking to me and yeah no it was a good conversation i thank you for that i thank you for that and as i say any anytime shine some light on on the band and and what we're doing it's 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 kind of cool you know it's like uh i don't know i think and i'll just end it on this like note for myself but i've always been very concerned about the thumbprint i leave on the world mm-hmm um am i is it positive is it negative uh you know years later i don't you know i don't have kids uh i'm i'm the last of my my lineage basically of my family's name um so it's like uh you know what what happens like you know is you know when when i'm dust like is is there anything that's left of me and and music is the only thing that's going to be left of me so you know i'm I'm thankful for anybody who listens to it who kind of digs it and 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 passes it on because that's you know that's it right that's like that's my positivity yep. so as much as the music isn't super positive <laughs> <laughs> well i love your band and i know tons of people have liked what they've heard and awesome. i'm gonna keep uh keep pushing your band and have people uh come across it and 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 hopefully really dig it as much as i do cool cool and i, I thank you for that and hopefully we'll uh, be able to meet up in person at some point Oh, for sure, Gary. Will you enjoy the rest of your night? Again, thank you for coming on the program, and uh, enjoy the rest of your night, my man. Thanks, man. Have a good night. You're welcome. Hey, you too, man. Bye. Bye.